to Get Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed star-shaped mole, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed stadium-induced existential crisis, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed normal high school student, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about the conclusion of season one of mid-2000s mega-hit, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, here on Get Animated. And boy, what a couple episodes we're talking about today. Episodes five and six in the running order that's on Crunchyroll. Uh, they are titled The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya 5 and The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya 6. So we're semi-sequential uh, in terms of I, it, it's just look. All this stuff is so confusing. It's it's just I would we'll just just accept that it's confusing how this is ordered. But this does feel like a season finale. Yeah, and I, and in terms of the broadcast order, I think that this is the nail in the coffin of the show. Suppose the show is supposed to be watched in broadcast order, right? Because watching these two episodes five and six in the in their chronological positions is criminal. Like it's it is a climax to the show. It does the thing where the credits roll over the opening theme, like at the end of all anime. So, you know what? Fuck you, Crunchyroll. Well, well, just to just wow. talk about it in terms of where this would fall if you're just watching it on Crunchyroll. The next episode is the boredom of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is the baseball team episode. If we remember that one, we covered a few weeks back. And the idea of going to that episode right after this one, right after episodes uh, like uh, part six, feels so. I don't know. It 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 just abandons the 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 kind of sense of finality, the sense of closure you kind of get for Harui's Hark and the way the other characters perceive her, which we're getting at the end of part six. Um, and then it just goes to kind of this light sort of silly episode. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved both of these episodes. They are both like, I don't know, really laying into the, just laying it on thick in terms of the overall themes of this series, or this, at least this arc of this series. Uh, I, 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 yeah, go on. I love them. I want to talk about them. So why don't we get the other business out of the way? All right, let's get through all that other bullshit. Let's get all through the the junk. Let's take let's go down the outline. Let's knock out the bullet points and then let's get to the meat of the matter. Uh first off though, what we've been weebin' is what I want to know. Hey, I want to know it too. I'm Ash Ketchum and I want to know what we've been weebin'. Okay. Matt Apadaka. That okay. okay, that's what we were waiting for. Yeah. I okay. choose you. There we go. Okay. And I don't remember, I don't want to dig into it too much. I don't remember what you're up to. And I think we should just leave it at that. I think we I'm, can just vaguely I'm say fine. crimes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing crimes. So what? <laughs> so what? I'm doing crimes. Big what deal. Are you, who cares? What are you supposed to do if you're a child star who's been a, a, a television icon, part of the establishment for so many years? And then your career just goes away. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do if not crimes? I Fair. think, well, not everybody, not every child star does that. Some of them just go away for a little while, then they come back, 
and continue their legacy as being a star. I'm more of a Charlie Sheen, if you know what I mean. Okay, so the, the, like you're you're modeling yourself after after the wrong person. Oh, I mean, no. really, like you should be thinking the opposite terms. He's gonna be drinking Raikou blood. <laughs> Remember when Charlie Sheen had that tour? Like he like he had the whole yeah! thing, and he got he got kicked off of Two and a Half Men, and then he did a live tour. And then people would go to the live tour and, and be like, this sucks. Because <laughs> he just would like get up there and like do try to do bits with like his friends. Yeah. Was that before or after? I think it was after the Conan tour that he did, right? Because like there was a p- period of time where Well Conan, after the Conan tour. Very different, obviously. But yes. may, I sort of think that he saw that and was like, I'll just do that. Yeah, I could If do you're not allowed on, on TV anymore, you yeah. can go on tour. Uh <laughs> it was it was shocking to see him show up i watched um being john malkovich recently and he's just in the movie and i was like oh my god what yes yeah wild was it was at a time of a very good actor and a a a very savvy or a a talented comedic actor i mean i love those hot shots movies as a kid this doesn't sound like what you've been weeping, you pieces of shit i've been Uh, weeping a show called two and a half men Uh (laughs) what the tour was called the the Charlie Sheen's Torpedo of Truth, and uh, this is a headline from April second, two thousand eleven. Oh, that's right, because these were this was like year one of Twitter, basically. Not that Twitter obviously had been around for a few years, but this was like year one of like Twitter's like actual pop culture relevancy. Uh, when when Charlie Sheen would be like hashtag Tiger Blood and be like, "Could you believe what just happened?" Um, Charlie Sheen's Detroit disaster: booze walkouts for to- Torpedo of Truth. And it was basically like a bunch of video clips and then, you know, him just like kind of doing kind of doing a, a, a couple of bits on stage. Uh, OK, 830. The show the show starts at 8, 830. The comedian has been literally booed off the stage. Oh, my God. <laughs> they don't want it. They don't want that. Uh, I, I, you know, we're just a couple years away, maybe from. uh Tornado of Truth Tour 2, starring Donald Trump. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I'll tell you what I've been leaving. I let I let Chainsaw Man go a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, because I like to read it in bulk, kind of. And the final panel in one of the recent episodes, or one of the recent issues that I read, was so funny that I woke up my girlfriend from when I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Chainsaw Man delivers. I was like, this is insane. I fucking uh, love it. I, I don't want, really even want to spoil it because I just thought it was so funny. But I feel like if listeners are caught up, they like know, they, they have to know what it was. They know. And I won't say. But I was truly like cracking up. And wow. God bless him. Wow. I love Denji. I can't wait to see him again. Uh, and I got I to gotta catch up a little further than where I'm at now. There's, I still have a couple to go. But um, boy, I am love I, I love Chainsaw Man. I'm still chipping away at Cowboy Bebop, you know. Uh, not quite done yet. I took. I haven't watched an, an episode in a, in a couple of days, but uh, hopefully get to do some of that later tonight. Yeah. They've been sounds- collecting... Uh, uh, sorry, go on, Heather. No, I was just saying that sounds nice. They've Pretty been healthy. releasing, you know, some anthologies 
that are just called Tatsuki Fujimoto before Chainsaw Man that are mm-hmm. some of his earlier works. Yes. And a lot of one shots. I haven't read any of them, but I, I will say that my, my curiosity has been piqued by their presence on uh, on Viz. So maybe I'll check it out at some point. I mean, I feel like I will at some point. I'm sure it'll have some interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would like to know. I like to I would like to track his style and his in his humor. Uh, see what else is going on there, you know? What what else he has to say. Yeah. Um, but th- that's it for me. Uh, Heather, what have you been weaving? Well, the weaving's been thin, but I will say this. Um, I So I went to a comic book store today to pick up my own issue of Harley Quinn. Very cool. Congrats. Hell yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Um, forgetting that, uh, that comics are probably going to come out on... Uh, like Wednesday morning here mm-hmm. because they're released on Tuesday mm. and there's shipping time, which I kind of assumed that it was Tuesday wherever you were, but it, it it's Wednesday morning. Um, But I went to the comic book store that was my comic book store when I lived here. Wow. And when I lived here, it was a tiny triangular store with uh very, very dense shelves and uh, almost no anime, none, right? So I go to the old location with Mary and uh, it's not there. And I look at the map and I'm like, I thought it was in the same place, but it's around the corner. And Mm -hmm. it is now a twice as big store as when I lived here. Wow. And it is no longer Hank's Comics. It is Hank's Comics and Manga. And the the store is divided in half with comics on one side and English manga, Eng, English manga and, and anime stuff on the other side of the store, like fully divorced from each other with a staircase in between. And I was like, oh my God. Look, I know when I talk at length about how hard it was to find anime in the late 90s, early 2000s, like part of that experience was also me trying to find anime and manga here in Amsterdam. Sure. Which was like a double layer of difficulty. When I would find a copy of New Type at the American bookstore, I was like, holy shit. And I would cut out the pictures and, and like tape them on my wall. Cute. So I so I had some anime stuff in my Would you apartment. put them in the correct order? Like- so you could read the way that we read here. Wait, what? I think he, he's talking like left to right versus right to left. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, it was just pictures, Matt. You don't read a picture from what? any direction. What? I mean, like there's a psychological theory that says that you do. That it, that if you are mm. from Japan, you read a picture from right to left. And if you are in America you read a picture from left to right. Like the expression, if the expression's on, anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the I point is, anyway. <laughs> the point is I went to the shop and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like if I got cast in Boom Chicago and, and moved to Amsterdam today, if today was my youth, then I'd be like set. I'd be so fucking set. Yeah. Hit everything. Shelves right. and shelves and shelves and shelves of manga, like a Studio Ghibli section, buttons, 
stickers, t-shirts, fucking great. Very cool. Anyway, uh, it it felt like a like a like my boys all grown up feeling. Are the I don't like really Hank's know. all grown up. My what? Hank's Hank. all grown up. Hank, yeah, Hank's yeah. all grown up. Hank he's was going a boy by when Henry he left now. Him. Now he's a man. Yeah, yeah, I'm Henry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, I, I I don't know a lot about um. Amsterdam or uh, anywhere over over there are the comics in English. So these, yeah, this store is okay. This is an American comic book shop. I see. Okay, with also some, but, but like most of the comic, almost all the comics, like DC Comics, Marvel Comics, like back issues, Golden Age stuff, and then like Viz publicated. Publicated, public, public, published, published? <laughs> uh, uh, manga stuff. Okay. So it's it's, but if you go to like the regular Dutch bookstore, all the manga is going to be in Dutch. Okay, interesting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I heard you the Dutch bookstore is that. kind of tilted, like a like Dutch you, angle. Uh huh. Like you walk in and the floors I think, are kind of uneven. I think the reason it's fucking that that's... full of farts under so there, too. What? <laughs> Good Dutch oven. Oh. <laughs> uh. Nick, what have you been weaving? <laughs> I'll talk uh, shortly, or, or, or I'll talk at less at length. I'll, I'll be faster than in previous weeks. So because far, so I've been, good. I've been, yes. <laughs> going swimmingly i uh, past couple weeks i kind of monologued a little bit about mobile suit gundam the origin which i am still watching and still enjoying god i wish we could just talk about it for like 20 minutes though (laughs) i know i I don't have a but i i'm i you know like a a lot of my thoughts are like similar reiterating kind of what i've and now i'm just kind of getting into the meat of the narrative and and it's so much exposition it's so much just like table setting for i guess the entire lore of the entire series so there's a lot of it but, but things I really like about it. One, I've talked about it before, but the comparison to Game of Thrones, just in terms of real politic, it's just like this is this is very much a about you know utilitarian uh, ways of approaching, like just like surviving and 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 advancing your power uh, in this in this world, this this like world that has no. Um, the word I'm trying to look for. Uh, no sympathy for anyone. Where it's all it's all just like everyone's fighting to survive. So there are just like innocent civilians being massacred, <laughs> or you know, like a an ally um, being left for dead because they know too much. Like that sort of stuff. Where it's just like these sort of like really grim, you know. This is this is the utilitarian calculus of like I have to let this atrocity take place or else I am going to lose my grasp on power and even the more sympathetic characters are doing things like that. So it is like kind of a fascinating watch from that st- standpoint just like all of the moral uh you know gray areas that exist in something which I did not expect to be like that. I expected it to be a little bit more like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the 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 series at large is more of a, a space western or if it all is like dealing with in those sorts of moral gray areas. It it all uh it all deals with moral gray areas. I think that the 
um, depth of origin is a little bit different from the depth of Mobile Suit Gundam proper, which was a 1970s anime. So the fact that it deals with it at all, like the, the, the protagonist of Mobile Suit Gundam being upset about what's happening was like the first time anybody had done that. Like it was, you know, like you, you tune into like a a kid's show and it's like the robots are like convert, they're fighting and they've got magical powers and wow, it saved the day again. Like to go from that to the military realism of Gundam where the protagonist is also like, what are we doing? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, it's great, but it doesn't have the same, like I, I feel like it doesn't have quite the space to run that origin does. I'm I'm sure this is like a a more modern approach and it has, you know, cuz this was made I think in 2015, so it's pretty recent. It also clearly has a big budget, which is great cuz yeah. a lot of the stuff looks fantastic. But yeah, it it's it also had like lives in spaces that I really enjoy. I've just like talked about the world building, but like I really like there's a lot of like military academy stuff. And I don't know why I, fi- I always find that shit so fascinating, but like anytime there's any sort of boot mm-hmm. camp, a boot camp movies, I think always work for me. I'm just always like fascinated by that sort of like everyone going through this gauntlet and and forming their bonds and uh, and alliances and rivalries and mm-hmm. and you know muddling through that. I find that shit so fascinating. And here we're dealing with that, but then there's also like all these like facades that exist. That are just like like this like this is all just fake, but but this is just exi- This is just here for uh, uh you know to maintain society's order. I'm explaining that poorly, but it's 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 a it's a strong thematic thing in the in this this series. But here's the thing I really like about it, and it's the same thing I like about Star Trek. This is ostensibly a series about like space battles. But in practice, it's a show about very long meetings. There are just so many <laughs> scenes in just conference rooms where people are just t- arguing for like ten minutes, and I'm just like, I love that shit. Let's just have let's just have these really really long conversations with yeah. all this uh, all, all this dense vocabulary um, in, in some sort of sci-fi environment. So yeah, I, I I'm really responding to it. I I like I I didn't expect to like it as much as I do. Uh, and I'm excited to see where it ends up and then t- where Gundam leads me next. You think I'm just a fool on this podcast? I don't, uh, Heather. I would never you, say that. Do you think that I've been talking at length about how good Gundam was and you were going to tune in and it was going to be like, it's all right. here's a here's here's a story you could put in a paper bag. Like, that's not me. What I would say is that I, but you're also like someone who is so is a is a a bit of a completionist. You're you have a very comprehensive knowledge of the subject matter, and I so I, there was part of me that thought like, oh, is is part of the reason Heather is watching consuming all of Gundam to have a baseline for understanding of just like so much of what anime became, you know? So like okay. like, but yes, that it also exists in its own right and is and is great. At least what I've seen of it. Uh, is is really I don't know it's exciting for me I, I I really like it I would say that I only did that with one series of mm. the entire Gundam run and it was the one that everybody was like this fucking sucks until the last like five episodes it's wow. also the longest of the series wow and I almost 
lost my ability to watch Gundam because of it. But that's um, wild. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad you're. I'm so glad you're liking it. Come, I'll let, come, I'll let you know come I'm done join with us it. in uh, building the model kits next. Well, we'll see. Uh, okay. One thing at a time. Jesus Christ. So cold, I, ice cold. Uh, we'll see. I don't have time for that fucking shit. Oh, my God. You so let's, I, I, think I'll, I think I'll get into model trains. And but stuff. hang on, you don't? Like, that's the move. What? I 100% have time for it. <laughs> Look, I do. I could do it. <laughs> it's just going to distract me from other things. But you yes, do. I could, I could do that. We talked about this a little bit recently. Uh, if you got, if you got into trains, you would just be like, finally the person you're supposed to be. I think <laughs> like, I think if you like got into model trains, it'd just be like, Nick's finally, he's reached his final form. He's stronger than ever. I think it's, I think it's the right move for me. A uh, mobile suit Gundam. The origin is on Hulu. If anyone wants to check it out. And great. the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya is, of course, on Crunchyroll in the wrong order. Uh, but we're talking about it in broadcast order. Episode five, the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya, part five. So if you remember a long time ago in this show, there was a transfer student. And Haruhi was like, we got to know what the fuck is happening with this transfer student. And Kion is like, mm, I'm not sure anything is happening with the transfer student and Har, he's yeah. like there has to be fucking something happening so kion is dragged with Harhi uh to investigate ryoko's strange disappearance right yeah, ryoko was a transfer student yes uh they um they go to her apartment building and Harhi's like doing her standard like the fact that this person disappeared so fast is suspicious. And Kion's like, I think they probably just transferred. It's fine. Uh, she is spouting her conspiracy theories at him. And then is like, I know we should talk to the fucking building manager. Like we can get information. She talks to the building manager and Kion has a great line about being surprised that because she, she switches like modes Yes. She goes from being like, maybe, like, effectively, maybe a fucking alien abducted her. I don't know. And Kim's like, I don't think a fucking alien abducted her. And then they go to the manager and she's like, excuse me, our friend was living here. And we were just wondering, you know, uh, she seemed to transfer out pretty suddenly. We're looking for contact info, maybe a forwarding address. And Kim's like, whoa, she can fucking talk like a normal per person. Yes. A laugh out loud line. Right? Yeah, that she has an ability to code switch is just like, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, so uh uh This old guy's great, by the way. This yeah. this this thing, this is what this is like look, the show makes me laugh a lot, but yeah. the joke of her like talking to him for like twenty seconds, uh, asking him a very long question, and then he just goes, Eh <laughs> like he didn't hear any of it. So it's just like also... it's like a classic joke, but it really, really made me laugh. I also like that that he's like, oh, yeah, that pretty girl. And then he's like, you're pretty. <laughs> Straight to Hari's <laughs> face. Uh, they can't get any information from him, but it is clear that this girl, uh, Ryoko, didn't have parents who lived with her. And Hari's right. like, well, it's an awfully expensive place to live. Uh, she also... Didn't have any moving trucks show up the day she left. He just went up to the apartment and it was empty. 
Harvey's like, this is suspicious. And Ken's like, it's nothing. Can we fucking leave? So they, they head out together. And they stop at a train crossing. And Harhi gives an existential monologue, which is so sudden, shocking, and effective that it explains why the show is called The Melancholy of Harhi Suzumiya and also gives me, personally, me, goosebumps. And the monologue is about how she's young and she goes to a baseball game. Right. And she walks out in the stadium and it's the first time she's ever uh, been to a stadium and there's tons and tons of people there. And she asks her parents, she's like, oh, it must be like millions of people. And her parents are like, no, it's like 50,000 people. And she's like, oh, God, I'm invisible. I effectively don't exist in this crowd. Like, I'm not special. There is nothing that makes me stand out. I'm not remarkable in any way. We are all faceless people. But honestly, that's okay. It's If this is all the people in the whole world, then that's okay. That makes sense. Like, it would be hard to stand out in a group like this. But then she goes home and calculates how many people are represented by a stadium. She's like, it must be yeah. like 10 stadiums to be able to fill Earth. But it's not. It's so much more. And she becomes... Yeah, she she does the I think the math is there's there's fifty thousand people in the stadium there's about a hundred million people in Japan alone, and so she was like that was one two thousandth of the of just Japan's population was in that stadium mm-hmm. and you know already I you know I, I could just tell it was like a grain of sand. It's there's a point I think in our young in our lives when. Our parents had told us we were special or or maybe they don't. You know, I, I don't know what you the listeners parents told you, um, but to some degree, there's a general sense in child rearing that you tell your kid good job. Sure. And because you tell your kid good job, they think they're special. And then there becomes there there's a, a threshold you cross where you hit a wall when you realize you're not special. And more than that, you're invisible. And more than that, you exist in a time that's invisible. Like in the, right. the, the yeah. grand sequence of human events, you're invisible. And then that more than that, civilization, when compared to the entire epic of human existence, all of the hundreds of thousands of years of lost history, all the stories and families and, and cave paintings, all that shit, that that even human civilization is a blip on a on a planet that's a blip in a universe that's a blip and you feel like oh oh no i'm already dead like i'm i'm essentially already dead nothing i ever do is ever going to matter yeah there's and times for, when yeah what go ahead i was going to say there's there's i feel like you for a lot of people you have like the moment where you have the time where the vastness of it all is just completely overwhelming, and sometimes that happens when you're younger. Then you, there's there's a point also when you're like when that can uh, conversely become comforting when you're kind of like, wait a minute, it kind of no one really gives a shit what I'm doing. Like that that in of itself is kind of like a 
you know, people pay attention to you a lot less than you think they do. Most people are worried about their own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so you're actually like a lot less exposed. You're a lot less vulnerable than you think you are. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a important threshold to cross as a person. Yeah. But it's a really poetic monologue and then also just just the art direction of this sequence cuz it like it's it's really impressionistic, you know, there's like a, a just a field of black behind this like tiny uh, uh a child haruhi and then there's just like, you know, just waves of people going back and forth uh like the like a uh, a, a transition animation in Persona. It's just like you were just seeing bodies, just like mass everywhere, uh, and uh, just to, just to kind of give the the crush of humanity that exists and how that's working within her her child brain. I don't know. It's just it's so artful, and it's so you know what the it's so melancholy, which yeah. is just the title of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic sequence. Um, it's a shame that the show exists in a pocket of time when Haruhi's behavior is funny. I mean, I still think a lot of it's funny because it's just a fucking cartoon. Yeah. Like she's no less sociopathic than Tom and Jerry. Right. But (laughs) because it's human, because it's human characters, like her behavior is reprehensible to a modern audience. So the, the show is very, very rapidly being forgotten. Um, and it's a shame because I think this moment works really fucking great. It's, it works so well. This and live alive both work so well. Mm-hmm. The show, the show goes off, goes out on such a bang. So Harhi leaves Kion behind at the crosswalk. And he's like, I felt like I should follow her, but also her back was telling me not to follow her. Yeah. Yes. And so he walk, and he's like, I even have to walk in the same direction as her, but I won't do it. And he waits for her to leave, and then he walks home alone. Uh, and then Koizumi shows up at his place. <laughs> yeah. And is like, hey, I need you to get in this car. I need to talk to you. And uh, Kion's like, ah, oh, fucking Jesus. I'm so tired of these people telling me these insane stories. And he gets in the car with um, with Koizumi. And Koizumi talks about this, uh, uh, the human principle, the anthropic principle of reality, mm, which is yeah. that the universe exists because human beings observe it. And Haruhi is almost like a principal observer in that she is creating reality by looking for it. And uh, I, what what bothers me, so I, I understand that all, a, a lot of this uh, pseudoscience-y uh, quantum mechanics stuff comes from the, the, the dual slot experiment where if you test light for one set of uh, properties, it behaves a certain way. And if you test it for another set of properties, it behaves a certain way. But in order for that to make sense, it has to do it backwards in time. Mm -hmm. And so people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, human beings are affecting reality. When I'm sure instead it's like, 
we don't, it's, we're dumb. There's something we haven't caught on yet. It's not that we are making reality backwards. And it's a little bit to me, like saying, you know, people are like, or or Koizumi's like, you know, it seems awfully suspect that the universe would have all of these laws and they would just happen to make it habitable for for human beings. But that's a little bit like saying if a rock was in some water and and then you're like holy shit moss grew on this rock therefore the rock and the water must have been designed for the moss and in in and instead it's no the circumstances of reality happened to be that the rock and water were in the right place and thus moss was mm. grown but it doesn't mean that the rock is designed for moss and that is part of my conceptual problem with when you hear these kinds of monologues about like how special people are, especially in a story that is about how Haruhi's like nothing is special. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But well, I, yeah. I don't know if that's I don't know if the show is saying that. Like I don't I don't necessarily get that 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 like this is like coming from sure. like, hey, we're trying to tell the audience that this is the reality. I think it's more like, hey, here's just another, you know, philosophical uh strain that could be followed yeah. or that 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 exists okay. and possibly could be another explanation for how things are as yeah. they as they stand but but yeah I, I i get what you're saying it's kind of the outcome bias of like this thing happened and so you know that's it that's how it was fated to happen yeah um but uh can, can i just shout out one thing from the wiki that i found interesting that i didn't catch yeah. Which is so this is all happening. This dialogue is largely happening during a taxi ride. Yeah. And by the way, the show consistently does a great job of ma- of giving visual interest during scenes of exposition. Yeah. Uh, but there's this long conversation in this taxi ride and the taxi driver apparently is the same character design as Arakawa, uh, who is the butler from the remote island syndrome episodes. Almost like he's is- running out of. Uh, the ability to render people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he has some connection to Koizumi because remember Koizumi had like the, oh, yeah. the remote island facility or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Maybe he's another Esper or something. So uh, Koizumi brings. Oh, he also I also want to shout out a pretty funny line, which is Koizumi says, you know, Haruhi made my powers. Uh, like I woke up to them three years ago and I just knew how to use them and Haruhi made those powers and Kion's translated line is, I'll throw you a trillion bones, but I don't think she could do that. (laughs) 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 Which is great. Uh, But Koizumi brings him to an intersection somewhere in their city and then takes his hand, which is, which Kion goes, gross. (laughs) He's like, just gross. He says, kimochi warui, which is, Also, Asuka's uh, final line in End of Evangelion. That aside, um, uh, he uh, grabs his hand and pulls him into an enclosed space, which we've been hearing about the whole show. Like, we've been hearing about these enclosed spaces. and uh, We've seen one by this point. Yeah, we've seen one, but it was not the same kind of one, right? Right. It was like um, in it was like the one apartment of um, the right. missing computer club guy. Yes. Um, so, uh, he brings him into this closed reality and it is a part of the city that is just without people, without anything closed off. And it's uh, a space that Haruhi creates, uh, as a byproduct of existing. 
And then when she gets bored or frustrated, these beings of light appear in these closed spaces and start fucking wrecking house. Like they smash buildings, the big kaiju that look a little bit like the Princess Mononoke, like jelly god thing. Sure. I love um, them. Yeah, they're great. They just look great. They look, yeah, they they look, look it great. Is so awesome. It's a good design. And uh, Koizumi's like, so this is what me and my uh, my people do at the agency. We uh, we fight these things because if we don't fight them, then eventually it would destroy the world. And we're trying to prevent that. He yeah. turns into like a ball of light and he goes off and, and flies and, and fights this thing, which is a further confirmation for Kion at this point chronologically that crazy shit can happen. Kion is unflappable. Yeah, he's unflappable. I... <laughs> I would it's hope. such a funny choice to make this guy who's just like completely stone faced through all of these proceedings. It is great that he's just like the whole time he's just like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would hope that if I saw something insane, I could have the the wherewithal to turn to somebody near me and be like, Jesus, this again? <laughs> 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 so uh Koizumi fights off the uh the being of light, they win, and uh and he returns Kion home and then Koizumi's like, hey, just try and take care of Haruhi. I think there's like a little foreshadowing of like something is about to happen. We've got this sense that shit is like spiraling. It's becoming more ra- or more um, often that these, these enclosed spaces are showing up right. mm-hmm. and we think that the world might be about to end. And Kion's like, oh, great, no pressure. Yeah, sure, I'll take care of Haruhi, whatever the fuck that means. And that's essentially the end of this episode. Yeah, they're, they, they, you know, he, Koizumi says it explicitly, where he's like, look, if you can make a world, you can also unmake it, and that yeah. would be the end of our reality. And that's really the threat they're dealing with of just like, what if the, what if Haruhi, who has grown, you know, has developed this ennui uh, regarding her place in the world and, her feeling of smallness decides to unmake this reality and create something new where she does feel empowered or uh, engaged by it. Yeah, so so I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's all really cool. I think this this episode has so much style. I, li- yeah. I like that it's so talky. Uh, I love the look of the, the, you know, the different palette of the, the cooler palette of the, um, uh, the, I almost call it the negative zone, the enclosed space. Uh, and, and also just like the the again the show just has such cool shot composition mm-hmm. like they're like talking in the crosswalk and it just goes to these bird's eye views and uh it's I, I don't know it's 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 all kind of like mixing up what you would expect to see from uh from the 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 way this these conversations would normally be covered i i, I think it's just a just a rad looking show uh, on top of all the thematic stuff. I, I don't know. That's one of those things where it's just like, that's what really elevates an anime is just on top of it, having really good storytelling. It also like looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great, it's a, it's a complete show. Yeah. You got to love it. And if you don't love the finale, the melancholy of Harhi part six, Susan Mia part six. Um, I don't know what you want out of the show. Because this fucking ending works. <laughs> fucking I, works. I was like really like blown away at how it's not. What am I trying to say? Because 
because this is the broadcast order, mm-hmm. it's different than the chronological order, right? Yeah. Because the chronological yeah. order, the chronological order, is what they did for you know to add the episodes that they did for season two into the narrative. The fact that this episode is the sixth episode of the whole series, but also serves like as the finale of the of season one. And it works as a finale is I don't I I don't know what they did or why they did it and I don't understand but they're freaks they're big freaks. Well, okay, so I, I it just this just is <clears throat> to me especially these two episodes the way this all wraps up mm-hmm. makes me really want to read the light novels because it's just it's I, again what I read from what I read about the light novels is that they are non sequential they do kind of jump around and show just a bunch of different scenes and. Uh, semi like you know cho- selected but seemingly arbitrary orders mm-hmm. and then so like that comes into just yeah the way something is titled doesn't necessarily inform the 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 order in which it's supposed to be watched yeah uh also the episode five this is also from the wikipedia trivia sorry the melancholy of harui suzumiya part five uh aired as episode 13 of season one but then it also aired as episode five of season two. And I guess if we get into season two, we got to talk about what that means exactly. Because they did the same thing with episodes, uh, I'm sorry, with uh, with part six, which was aired as a season finale of episode one, episode 14, but then also as episode six of season two. So as, uh, I'll tell you what that means, is that as Please. a refresher going into season two, they rebroadcast the season one in chronological order. Mm. to set up season two because there was a, a chunk of time in between them. So they season two begins with episode one of the first season un, unaffected or unedited. So you could just tune in for proper season two. So that just completely, to me, just, just makes me really, uh, or, or really underlines that this was all retcon, this chronological order. But like it came, like they did the season two rebroadcast, and they're like, "Oh, that kind of worked. Let's just make that the order now." I. But it doesn't it, work, though. It doesn't. It doesn't like, work. It can't. It can't work. This mm-hmm. can't be not the finale of the first season. I concur. Like it doesn't make it can't. It just anyway. It doesn't work. Uh, the melancholy of Harui Suzumiya six opens with a little bit more context on Yuki. Oh, I thought we're just we're just fucking going into it. We don't have to. No, go ahead. I'm just saying like a little context on Yuki, uh, a little context on uh, Mikuru and a little context on Koizumi. We just the- sort of see everyone and and then we we're, it's almost like a, a its own title sequence for this episode uh saying three different reasons that these these came together. There's a these um, characters came together. There's a pun a, a, a sort of like an, a wink that doesn't exist in the uh, subtitles, which is calling each of these people self-proclaimed blank. And yes. Mikuru's is self-proclaimed girl who leapt through time, which is a mm. reference to the anime, which is nice. Right. Final episode of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya, which is The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya Part 6, opens with... Uh, Kion hanging out in the SOS brigade room and he is looking at photos of Mikuru on the computer 
checking him out, his his little stash, right? And yeah. uh, Mikuru sees it, and she's she's like, "What's that? What what is that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it." And she's like, "No, you got a file with my name on it. What is it?" And he's like, "No, don't leave, don't worry about it. It's I don't know what it is." She's like, let me see, let me see. Kind of wrestling over the mouse. And he's like, oh, this is pretty great, but I can't let her see this. I gotta, I gotta close this. Like, she gotta, she gotta get out of here. And, uh, Haruhi shows up and she's pissed off that the two of them are flirting. And in the baseball episode, there is a reference to this moment, which is you can't ever flirt with Mikuru again because look what happened. And right. that's because, in theory, all of the events of this episode, which almost destroy reality, are because Kion was flirting with Mikuru when Haruhi walked in. Uh, Haruhi wants to change clothes, and she's pissed off that Kion's in the room and kicks him out. Things are changing for Haruhi, right? Um... I got to be honest. I watched this episode over the course of two days uh-huh. because I was in the middle of watching the episode when I had an apartment emergency. And so mm-hmm. then I had to watch the next part at another time. So I have a gap in my notes here, even though I've seen this episode twice. All I the notes are about the emergency. They're all about the emergency. <laughs> oh, shit. Got to put out fire. Put out fire in my notes app. <laughs> <laughs> uh uh but um he runs into his friends and his friends are like what what the fuck happened with you and, and yuki right and uh he's like i'm sure that you think it was this big thing but it actually wasn't a big thing and he tells this insane lie <laughs> about like yeah. how he ended up holding yuki in like on the floor of the of the school what was a night two nights ago right yeah what was the incident that led to ryoko's you know dematerialization and non-existence and all this is actually like all this is happening before the sequence with the mouse oh it and, is you know the struggle yeah that's that's all like like in the early part of the episode and and the other thing we should mention is that the uh there, first off, we do see the star-shaped mole moment where he like sees it in a photo of of uh, of of Mikuru. Uh, but also before that, there is like, you know, you could t- they do this with anime. It's an anime convention. Like this episode feels different, has some more gravity to it because of way they're playing the title sequence differently. Yeah. So here they're not playing the traditional title sequence. They're pl- they're rolling the titles like over the action at the top of this episode, and it goes on for quite a bit. Um. Yeah, it's uh it's it, you when when you play the opening theme during a fight, that's also a big time like anime trope. Right. For like, oh shit, this is a serious fight. We're we're hearing the Naruto opening theme as opposed to like fight music. Those that's also a real shortcut of making me cry. Yeah. When that stuff happens in anime, I cry usually. Not for this episode. Um, they do so, that in Rocky too when they finally come out with Gonna Fly Now you're like oh shit oh wow it happened to me in the Rise of Skywalker when they said they fly now <laughs> can you imagine if 
if somebody started crying <sighs> at that moment in Rise of Skywalker and was like, they fly now. <laughs> when Chewbacca they it, it seems to be exploded for exactly two seconds. Does someone just start sobbing? Do we do this? Oh, wait, every, it's fine. <laughs> do we do this every single episode of Get Animated? Do we? We talk a lot. We talk about right talk about- Skywalker, maybe a little too much. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and but it, but here's also the thing: no other Star Wars. We don't really talk about like the ones we like or like, which is most of them. We talk about the one that's bad that we think is bad. <sighs> um, look, cutting to the chase. Yeah. Uh, Kion goes home for the night and he goes to bed. Like, it's a long day. He sees his friends. He tells them a lie. He goes home. He goes to bed and he wakes up inside of one of Haruhi's sealed realities. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. But before that, before that, doesn't he, doesn't Mikuru say something about Snow White to him? Uh, in the, um, yeah, in a, cu- a couple episodes ago where he sees older Mikuru, he says, remember, she says, like, remember Snow White, that's going to be important to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so he goes into this closed reality, and uh, the only other person there is Haruhi. And he's like, how the fuck did both of us get into this closed reality? And Haruhi's like, you're not phased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is she, pretty great. It- it's great, and and you you could tell. I mean, this is the thing. This the previous episode and this one are really showing Harui in a completely different mood. Like she's not sort of like the 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 brash uh, authority figure she's been. She's a lot more just sort of like depressed and detached. There's just you know it's, you could tell something's going wrong. Even when she's mad at 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 Mikuru and Kion being caught in uh, you know whatever they're their pseudo sort of romantic embrace. It's not the same sort of like rage and outburst that she's had. She's a little bit more just detached from everything. Uh, there's the shot, the shot where she's just sitting at her desk in her gym clothes. And I don't know. That's just like that to me, that's real depression hours, mm-hmm. right? It's like, 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 Oh, I didn't even bother to change. I'm just going to sit by myself and like stare. Uh, and so that, that, that all leads us to the enclosed space. So we could tell something was going on. Um, where at the point where now that it's just the two of them in this different gray reality. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, what is, what is this? And he's like, I don't know. It looks like a, like people are just not here. And she's like, you're, you're not like freaked out. And he's like, nope. And then they, (laughs) she like runs off on her own to investigate the school. And it's one of the few times we ever see Harhi existing outside of Kion's POV. Like usually we're with him when he's dealing with her, but her running around and like getting more and more excited because things are interesting. Uh, Meanwhile, Kion goes to the SOS brigade room and turns on the computer. He has a, he gets a note that's like turn on the computer. No, he sees Koizumi out the window. That's what happens. Koizumi shows up out, out of the window as a glowing person. And he's like, uh, you guys going to fight the beings of light again? Kion says. And Koizumi's like, no, uh, we barely have any power. It took everything I had to get into the closed space this time. Looks like Haruhi's going to reset the world. Yeah. Looks like it's done. Sorry yeah. we failed. Uh, and he's like, why did she bring me with? And he's like, you haven't figured that out? 
Uh, well, I gotta go. Bye. Also, turn on the computer. <laughs> so he turns on the computer, and uh, Nagato is capable of communicating with him through cyberspace. And she's like, uh, hey, remember the story Sleeping Beauty? And also, I, uh, I'm gonna, she's like, I'm gonna miss you a little bit. Like, she's like, I hope, I hope you can win or I hope you can save the the world because this was nice or something. I don't quite remember what she writes. Uh, But then the beings of light show up and Haruhi's like, fuck yes, this is nuts. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And Kion's like, we got to go. Grabs her, runs out into the hallway. They run out into the, uh, the, the baseball field which was they'll see again in the next episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kion has a realization that he shares with Harhi. And he's like, I've realized something. As much as I complain about the real world, as much as I complain about everything constantly, mm-hmm. the truth is I really liked it. And I really want to see those people again, don't you? And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, don't you want to see Koizumi? Don't you want to see Nagato? Don't you want to see Mikuru? Like, don't you want to see them? Like, don't you like that world? And she's like, I fucking hate it there. And he's like, no, but it's it's great. And we should want to see it again. And there's orchestral music playing. It's like a, I mean, if I had done my research, I would I would know what the actual song is. It's Gustav it's, Mahler's, Mahler's Symphony eight. Number 8. Don't, yeah. don't, don't sleep on me. Don't. I got. I know what. No, I'm I doing. just had it at the ready. If we yeah, wanted, yeah, I knew. It. I do it. All right, that's fine. Okay, I knew it. Saying I had it too. I told Heather. He did. <laughs> so, uh, so they run out onto the baseball field, and Kion is like, "I." How does he? I forget the words that he says, but. Essentially, he realizes what his place is in Haruhi's story. And he says, you know, the truth is that I really liked that day that you showed up in a ponytail. Turns yes. out I have when you had a ponytail, a- it looked criminally good. I have a ponytail moe. I have a, a little bit of a ponytail fetish. And you look pretty good. And then he kisses her. And all of reality resets. And it's yes, not these the- giant being be like beings of pure light. These giant, these blue giants, kind of all get sucked into their their uh, you know their the warmth of their embrace. And then they are back at school. Well, no, first first Gil- he wakes up in bed. Wakes up in bed and says something like, "Jesus, what would Freud say about that fucking nightmare?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they uh, he goes to school and he's like. He, wa- he he walks all the way back to school and talks about like how he how he likes that that walk and then shows up in class and he's like I wonder if that was real or if it was fake how would I ever know and when he opens the door to his classroom he has her hair in a ponytail yeah and he goes and sits next to her and she's like he's like oh, you you all right you don't look so good and she's like yeah, I, I had a fucking nightmare last night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
he heads back to the um, SOS brigade room. And Nagato is there and she's like, you were gone for two and a half hours out of this reality. So we know yes. that it isn't unreset. Even though Koizumi is like, you know, I, I, I'm, I might not be the same guy I was yesterday and this might be an entirely new instance of me. And so I want to introduce myself and, and say that it's a pleasure to meet you. But Yuki saying you were gone for two and a half hours last night means that I think this is the same reality that he left because otherwise, why would he be absent? Yes. There's also, though, though yeah, because Kozumi is like, but it's also possible that this world was just remade yeah. in, in the exact same way. So I, I think they're they're both. I, it seems to me pretty clear that it's the same world, but they're, it's at least a little bit ambiguous to the characters yeah. of like, we're, they're not quite sure if they're them or if they're new versions of them that resemble the old thems who have a memory of it. The... Opening theme plays over end credits as we get these nice episodic codas to the show. Uh, Kion tells Mikuru finally about the star-shaped mole that she reveals to him in the future, later. Yes. And uh, Kion shows up. Oh, and then Haruhi's like, all right, time to get you into a new outfit. Mikuru, you're going to be a nurse now. She's like, no, I don't want it. And then uh, Kion shows up for what is effectively a date to go look for mystery, mysterious shit with Haruhi the next day. And they uh, they head out into the city together by themselves. Also, there's a he talks about how the, he showed up an hour early to, to meet her because if you show up last, you have to pay money. Yeah. And he and he I think he did that the last time they had. Like, didn't he have to treat everybody to lunch or something? Yes, yeah. yeah. So he's the first to show up this time. And he can't tell if Harhi's face is pissed off because he got there first or because nobody else showed up. But they head out into the city and, and that's the end of that's the end of the show. There's a so there, you know, there's Asahina. Uh Mikuru is she runs in and she's like excited to see Kion. Uh, in the in the SOS club room. This is before Harui comes in and like hugs him and he goes to hug her back. And she's like, no, if you do, you can't do that. Then because if she sees it, it'll happen again. I, I don't know. It, it's it's like it kind of remind. I've said it before and I think it's an obvious reference, but it reminds me so much. This is the, the, the these are the points where this show really reminds me more than anything of the Twilight Zone episode. It's a good life where mm. it's like the entire town exists. Mm -hmm. There's a small boy who is a god. And basically all everyone has to do is try to accommodate this boy's whims uh, because he can obliterate any of them or all of them at any time if he's at all, if he's ever displeased. And that's how they're all living. They're all just like trying to to exist to perpetuate their own existences uh, by by placating um, Haruhi at all times. But there's also something to it, it, it kind of feels like the the idea of like Haruhi understanding I don't know how meta it's supposed to be, but it feels like there's elements of Haruhi's under own understanding of, of existing within a narrative and getting bored about that and wanting to change the rules, but like still being, you know, compelled enough by Kion that when he like, like loops her into a conventional narrative, like the most conventional thing that possibly 
uh, could happen in in a story that's so unconventional of like love can save us all, you know, like yeah. like all like uh, like all you need is love is basically where we end up, and that's still that's that's what snaps her out of it. I don't know, I don't know what it's saying exactly, but it's just it, it's 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 interesting, heady shit. I'm really just like in regards to the second season. Because now mm-hmm. I'm sort of trying to reorient the episodes in my head a little bit about mm-hmm. as far as what we've seen, right? Uh-huh. Like, yes. um, because if this is the end of this season, but it's also only the sixth episode, I'm trying to remember if anything else crazy happens in uh, the other episodes, really. And like, what I, I'm thinking about it right now, and the answer that I'm coming to is no. Uh, and, but I'm wondering how that, how, I'm just wondering how it works and what, why they did this. I'm very interested. Wait, what, how they did, how, how they did the way it, it aired? Yeah. I just don't, I don't really understand. I, right. Because I haven't seen any of the, the quote unquote second season. I don't know. Um, I just don't understand. Like I, well, I think he- yeah. Heather gave us the context yeah. earlier that I yeah. to me seems like the most likely thing of just like they re-aired episodes, they re aired parts one through six as the uh, as a recap at the start of season two, mm-hmm. and then that got retconned as the be- canonical yes. beginning of the series, uh, and partly because well, those episodes sound like they should be sequentially ordered like that. Well, <laughs> but I don't know. But, so, but uh, yeah, so. <laughs> So it's like, it's like, theory, yeah, go on. In theory, if you've watched, if you've watched all of these episodes on Crunchyroll, right? Like a bingo card, then you have, uh, you have episodes that are not grayed out. And those are in chronological order from this point forward for season mm-hmm. two, but they fit inside of the episodes we've already seen. So right. the next episode of season two is episode eight of season one. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> and then episode 12 is the next unwitnessed episode, which is right after Remote Island Syndrome Part 2. And that's the next episode of season two. Is I that- see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So... If we were to watch season two, which I need to get a vocal confirmation about whether or not we're going to do. I think that's the plan. That's yeah, the plan. I think I will just say this. There's going to be a week in between. Sure. We'll watch something else that we haven't. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a movie next Great. week. Yes. We're going to TB, TBD movie. We'll Great. announce what that is on the Patreon. Yes. Well, then what I would love to, to have your commitment to mm-hmm. is that you read nothing about the show at all going forward. Okay. Even you, you cannot, you can like, huh? Do you think it was a danger that we're going to like read all well, the spoilers? So I no, I just want to say that in, there is a chance that you would say, okay. watch the episode and then you'd like go to a Wikipedia or something and you'd look up the episode. The problem is with season two, there is such a massive spoiler on any recap of this season. 
that I desperately need you to promise that you will look up nothing okay. about season two of The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya. I, I pledge to do no research for the <laughs> remainder of this run. Yeah, and I too ch- uh, uh, vow to not look at a single word. Great, uh, great. But you're going to have to tell us then. You're going to have to tell us how to watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In it's the order really... in which we're supposed to watch it. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could, I mean, like, when we get to it, I mean, I could tell us now, if we're if we're going to take a week off and watch a movie and we'll announce that on Patreon, and then we're going to come back, then if you, the listener, and you, Nick and Matt, are here, are you reading it right now, Nick? You're reading something. No, I'm just looking at the thumbnails for the upcoming episodes. Looks like there's a beach episode. So, right. so the next episode we'll be watching uh-huh. is episode eight, Bamboo Leaf Rhapsody. And then after that, we'll be watching episode 12 on Crunchyroll called Endless 8-1. Okay. Okay. And then it looks like the Endless 8 arc just continues for a while. Yes. Got it. Yes. And those we will be watching chronologically because the second season aired chronologically. This is this will be a lot easier is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm saying it's going to be super easy. We're going to watch Great. 8, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and 24. Can I just say, I, I just want to thank Heather for choosing this show, for being like really like, hey, we should do this one because it's not the show that I would have chosen on my own. Obviously, I don't think me and Matt would have would have elected for this one. Not something I was I had more than a passing familiarity with, and was not as aware of its uh, cultural import uh, among anime fans. But also your insistence uh, that we watch it in broadcast order. I think what really was really really helpful because again I, I I even if you told me like hey check this show out I would not have gone to the trouble to do that I would have just been like all right this is how it is on a streaming service so I think you did a really great job of storing us through this and I just wanted to acknowledge well, that I really I, I really appreciate thank that. you and I both do thank you you know uh, I I appreciate it more than Nick does I well I hope that I hope that good the, that goodwill continues on through season two right. I it's I I think it is in such a few a, weeks we're so mad at you Heather. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's such a I, I think it's a real tragedy that you can't click a button on Crunchyroll and if there is anybody who works at Crunchyroll who listens to this show which frankly come on it, it's not happening because you guys would one you'd, you'd you'd give us money and two you'd you'd probably it, it, it's it is such a fucking tragedy that you can't press a button and, that says broadcast order mm-hmm. for season yes. one like it seems it seems so fucking obvious that that's the way it's supposed to be watched. Like this is the conclusion of season one. It's the, it's, it, it fills all of the story. It like builds and builds and builds and concludes with a kiss. And that's where the show should conclude. And it is. And even the way it's bracketed, like, like we were saying earlier, the way it's presented is like the, the the title sequence isn't happening as normal. The way the credits are rolling. it, It has such a sense of, of, of finality to it. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. It, it, you know what? This is kind of the show's kind of begging for. Um, and I know it's not. It, it, it is the kind of thing like that happened with Evangelion on Netflix, which even though that had this the fly me to the moon stripped out of it, it just being on that service uh, 
uh, I think uh, like uh, had a lot put a lot of new eyeballs on it and introduced a lot of uh, new people of, of towards this uh, totemic piece of anime. I think this this is this is the same sort of thing of like if this ended up on Hulu or something and in broadcast order and that's just how they presented it. Uh, you know, it'd be nice for a lot of a lot more people to be introduced to it because and you know I know we have a, we have a segment of our audience who doesn't watch the anime and just listens to the show and that's uh, that's great. We love you, freaks. But I, I think this is a good one to check out yeah. if you get get on the Crunchyroll trial and and watch all of it if you didn't watch it down because it's a it's a really it's a really fascinating show. Yeah. Um, with moments of of genuine. Uh, uh, genuine humanity, but also a lot of great jokes. I don't think there's another show quite. I I will say, you know what? I'll say it without without caveat. With season two included, and I do think we should go season two and the movie. And I've only seen the movie great. once, uh, and I remember it being really good. Right. Um. With season two included in the this sentence there has never been anything on television like the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya both in terms of the way it was aired and also you know they have to do like there's been there was a gimmick in season one right the gimmick yeah, is sure. it's aired non-chronologically but still builds to a climax right so they have to do something for season two and everybody's like fuck, what's it going to be? What are they going to do in season two? And then they do something. And you're like, okay. So I, I, I really don't think, I, I can't think of another, there's certainly never been an anime like it. And I don't think there's ever been any other broadcast medium like the show. The, the other the other thing I and I think I mentioned this maybe week one of this show that this reminds me of is there was the old the pre Larry Sanders Gary Shandling the comedian had a show called uh, the Gary uh, I think it was just called it's Gary Shandling show yeah. mm-hmm. and it was a really meta sitcom where he would break out of it and directly address the audience and you know acknowledge that this was fake as it was going on as it, where it was like a, it was both the form but also like a comment on the form and it's the same sort of thing here in a very different way but it is like so much like just like a comment on the the tropes and conventions of anime and of storytelling in general uh and uh, you know everyone's everyone's role and and the ethics of it uh it, it's it, it's that but while also being it, it, a really good example of it itself yeah um but yeah it really is its own thing it's it's a it's a fascinating piece of media yeah i loved it yep i really loved it too yeah and I, I it sounded like i was going to add more to what i was about to say but uh i was just going to say that i loved it yeah. But did you love it? Wait, oh. it's wait, time wait, to wait, find wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. Uh-huh. I need to extend. So there are going to be people on the Discord. There are going to be people on Twitter. There are going to uh-huh. be people who have seen season two of this show. And I'm begging you, join the fun of not telling Nick and Matt about season two. Let them enter into it blind. Because otherwise, Great. this will be. I don't know. It'll, it'll, it, 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 you only get a chance to do this once. And luckily for me, I got to do it with the world when it was happening. So, wow. uh, so please let them, let them walk into the matrix without knowing anything about the matrix. You know? That's yeah, what I, I, I honestly, I forgot everything about the matrix because I took that, uh, took the red, the red pill. Every time I watch The Matrix, it's like I watched it for the first time. I'm always like, what? This rules? 
Nick took a beige pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mine's just like kind of a yeah, kind of a boring life. <laughs> kind of a life that kind of sucks. But yeah. That, so as you were saying, Nick, those were our thoughts. Those were our thoughts. You know y'all had some thoughts of your own. It's time for the chain reactions of Ahurui Suzumiya about episodes 27 and 26, which we covered last time. Blue talk. Blue, blue talk. Be, on, on that, on, on the subject of blue talk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean Loud and Clear writes, is it too late to suggest the comments from listeners be called Haru talk? And Haru here's the talk. thing. It's not too late. Is this it is. the last no, episode it is. of season one? It it's is. absolutely too late. No, it's too Far late. Too late. <laughs> I don't know, because I mean, aren't we aren't we circling back anyway? We're coming Haru back. Ta- Haru Tak. We can throw those in there, but that's but I think it's still called the chain reactions of Haruhi Suzumiya. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, we're not renaming it, but Haru Colon Blue Talk. Colon Blue Talk. Okay, okay, yeah. So it's too late. It's too late. That's the answer. Sorry. It's been etched into the damn tombstone, my dear. You can't go back. Uh, well, sorry, sorry, Dean Loud and Clear, you know. Thanks Usually, for writing, though. Thanks for Love writing. To hear from you. Great comments, but it is too late. You asked if it was too late, and then it actually is. Answer is yes. Yeah. Hard yes. <laughs> uh, this next one is from Peep My Meeps. What's up, Hi, Peep, Peep My, my Meeps. Meeps. <laughs> Hi, Peep My Meeps. When I first saw it, Haruhi was the third or fourth anime I had ever seen after Code Geese. Is that how you say it? Code Geese? Yeah, I think it's Code Geese. Geese? And Gundam Seed. Needless to say that the show didn't make a ton of sense to me, and it took another few years to really get into Slice of Life shows. However, the episode Live Alive, Live Alive, has always stuck with me because I loved the music, and I've gone back to the scene of them playing many times over the years. I realized I enjoy the music and anime, and you guys mentioned the title, Ya Boy Kong Ming, which made Heather laugh. But if you like J-pop and music festivals, it's an amazing show with one of the funniest OPs. Uh, I, I'm looking up a few how to pronounce the name of the show properly. It's spelled G-E-A-S-S, if you're not Code familiar with it. Code G-S. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this actually, this this explanation seems pretty intuitive if you know... Uh, any of the the Japanese pronunciations of, of, of Romanji uh, Giasu, or uh, or you could just say it as Gias, Gias, yeah, Gias, code Gias, Gias. I love it. I know this isn't a um, a a specifically directed at us mm-hmm. chain reaction of Haruhi Suzumiya colon Blue Talk, but I wanted to read one. Oh sure, from Tatsuki Fujimoto a.k.a. the creator of Chainsaw Man, who says, when I was in junior high, all the boys around me, including myself, were turned into otaku by Haruhi. Everyone in the culture club, the sports club, and even the delinquents all started to read novels and watch anime. So all the guys in my my hometown say, I was an otaku in middle school. I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. That That is cool. Chainsaw, Chainsaw Man exists... Because Haruhi willed it. I love when I love when you hear the sort of like direct influences for people who create things. It's just I always I'm always intrigued by that. Eva exists because of uh, one of the Gundam movies. That makes sense. Yep. And speaking of, I think we mentioned it on the show a couple of episodes ago, but I did see the clip of 
Wes Anderson um, talking about uh, Evangelion, Evangelion? Like, yeah. on like oh, yeah. the Criterion Closet or thing or whatever he did. Yeah. And the way he talks about it is so great. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you could tell that like he like he got it. Like, he gets it. Yeah. Uh, which is which is cool. Um, but no, we don't need a video or an AI video of what Wes Anderson style Evangelion would look like. Okay, no thanks. Miss me with that. I'm over this whole AI thing. You know, I'm more interested in HI, human intelligence. Thank which you. we are sadly lacking in our political discourse. Nick, you dropped this, King. Why does Nick have a pipe and a fireplace? <laughs> Nick, I noticed that you were wearing sleeves earlier, but they seem to have grown patches on the elbows. <laughs> it's a real shame that 60 Minutes has declined in cultural relevance, because I feel like my like sweet spot would be succeeding Andy Rooney as like the hot take guy at the end of the episode. Why can't we see Sonic's hog? <laughs> <laughs> you know that thing's blue. You know it's blue. <laughs> no, I think it's... I think it's tan that's the whole debate what color is it is it the same colors as fur or is it the same color as like you know belly well is it covered in fur i don't know we'll see maybe i don't know i don't know how it works that's why we need to see it please can we i gotta get out of this segment yeah you're right (laughs) uh here's one from mk hi MK. mk The God No sequence had my jaw on the fucking floor. There's nothing this show can't do. Hey, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's a good sequence. You're on our side. It's really, really great. And we're on Haruhi's side. Yes. Everything she's done, we we, we (laughs) sign off on. It's it's really just the establishing that like early on, that she's like just good at things. Like yes. she's like a natural athlete. You know, it gives first off, it makes sense as just like a since it's so much a commentary that on on anime and, you know, serialized narrative, um, that where where protagonists oftentimes have like all, you know, plot armor and extra skills that allow them to do all these things that are needed for the storytelling, like it makes sense. From that regard, but it also just like uh, facilitates things like this. Like you buy it when she is, uh, you know, suddenly the front man of a uh, just absolutely a uh, uh, rad band. It's a you know, it's a trope in heist movies, right? Mm. She's a loose cannon, but she gets results. Mm. She's good. She's good at right. what she does. You need somebody like that on a team. Uh, this next one's from Ryan McGrath. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. So after hearing how much they liked the concert. Bachi the Rock is up next. So there's a lot of comments saying that if we liked that, we'd love Bachi the Rock. And so I'm I watched interested the, in checking it out. I watched the first episode of Bochi, or first couple episodes Bochi. of Bochi, and I talked about it a few bit, uh, you know, months ago. Uh huh. Whatever we were covering previously. Now it, it's, I've already Blue forgotten Lock. everything. We, yeah. We were, <laughs> during, dur- I think during the Blue Lock run, I talked about it. I did, I did like it. I did respond to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got some great, great musical sequences. Um, but I just didn't stick with it because yeah, again, too much shit in my queue, dude. You sound like someone who's new to the queue boards. Mm. There's a lot to sift through if you're just if you're mm. brand new. If you're just getting in now, 
I was trying to think of what where you could possibly going with this, and I was like, maybe a maybe a James Bond thing, but I couldn't figure out how to craft it. But I like where you landed. It's it's smart. It's not the most obvious take, but I have an alt for that. Uh huh. There's too much shit in my queue. Freaking concentrated. I need him to make devices. Hmm. Not as good, but you know. Yeah, I think I like the first one, but you know, nice to have an alt. Uh, all right, let's do we have any it'll more? Be on the it'll be on the Riffarama on the DVD for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's making the DVD. Um, here, okay, let's do. Yeah, this 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 series, this show is getting a physical release. Yeah, it's gonna be on on, on a among DVD. Podcasts. We'll put this on a DVD. Yeah. Uh, this one's honestly. From... Yeah. I, I don't want to derail anything, but like. A limited vinyl press of a podcast would probably do numbers. That's not a bad idea. You know what? There's this is an offline conversation. Maybe there are episodes of shows that we've released on vinyl. Huh. I don't know if we we can talk about this later. Um, but it's it's not something we couldn't do. I'll say. Um, this next one's from Sewing Savage. What's up, Sewing Savage? What's up, Sewing Savage? Drop Hi, some, Sewing Savage. Drop some things you sewed savagely in the chat. We got we to see if you live up to the name. Uh, sewing Savage writes, in 2006, this animation felt like the future. Beautiful. I mean, it holds yeah. up, too. It, it, it looks it, really it, good. It was. It was like a digital pipeline. It was the future. Anime is, is like this now. There's some stuff that I yeah it it, it looks even though it's like a wedding didn't come out in the early 2000s 2006 right like mm-hmm. uh it looks closer to the anime I've seen that's newer than when we've watched older stuff like it yep. looks really great yep. um this and finally that means this, Tatsuki oh. Fujimoto was in junior high school in 2006 that's Wait, wild to think about is he's fucking younger than me. Born October tenth, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh my God. Just turned thirty. Wow. So that can happen oh, to me now, huh? Man. <laughs> I God saw today him. that the when the new Superman movie comes out, the the Superman, the actor playing Superman, will be thirty two years old. Wow. And I was like, I'm that now. He's so I, I will see a younger Superman. Than I am when I go see this, when I go see this on opening night. I can't wait till that happens with presidents. Oh, I'm already there. What? You're I'm older than Biden. Yeah. <laughs> you sleepy bitch. <laughs> Did you hear my rant earlier? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, yeah, no. If you want to be on sixty minutes, you're ninety years old. <laughs> Uh, I'm not actually. I think. I think the youngest president was JFK, and he's 46. I'm not 46 yet. So no, no. Okay. Yeah, but and no. Hey, I mean, in our lifetime, because like to him. If also, I saw this statistic the other day. This isn't the time for this, but it, if JFK had lived to be Biden's age, and become president when Biden was president, or, or, or like the significant. Do you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. That that JFK would have been president in the 90s. That's wild to think about. Well, okay, last one from David Armstrong. Hi, David. If hi, Haru- David. Hi, David. If Haruhi experiences pathos at the end of episode 26, it's because she subconsciously wanted to experience pathos. She doesn't feel bad because of what she did. She feels bad because she wanted to experience feeling bad. If on any human level, 
Haruhi wanted to experience a complex literary emotion like, what does it feel to experience tragedy? It would result in a national day of remembrance. <laughs> I love that's that pretty take. good. Yeah, that's, that's a really incredible good take. take. A nice read, a nice read of the show for sure. Yeah. Oh man, she manipulates us. Yeah. Really the viewer. That. Wow, it's pretty good. And that's it for the chain reactions of Haruhi Suzumiya Blue Talk. Blue Talk. Blue Talk. And also Haru Talk. Haru Talk. Sorry. Sorry, uh. Haru Talk. Dean loud and clear. We did it. So as far as what we're going to do moving forward, because this was the final episode of the first season of Haruhi Suzumiya. We are going to cover the second season, and we are also going to cover the movie, which I think comes afterwards. Yes, Heather? Is that the sequence? Yes. So we're going to cover the second season and the movie, but first we are going to take a one-week break because the new series of Jujutsu Kaisen uh, is out as of July 6th, and so we are going to, by way of, uh, of talking about Jujutsu Kaisen, which is a, one of the biggest manga and anime that's ongoing right now, if you're not familiar, we're going to talk about the movie Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, uh, which you can watch on Crunchyroll for free or you can rent wherever. It is a prequel to the, the series, so you don't have to have seen any of it to understand it. Like, you can watch it as a, full, as a full-fledged standalone. It has some references, as you might expect, to the series but uh, but you can just completely watch it on its own and understand it so jujutsu kaisen zero check it out it's on Crunchyroll. we're going to talk about it next week and then we'll be back to talking about the melancholy of harui suzumiya season two and well hey i think by virtue of covering the melancholy of harui suzumiya and apparently being emotionally manipulated by the series protagonist we all got animated damn